Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. First Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13. Deacons, likewise, must be serious, not double-tongued, not indulging in too much wine, not greedy for money. They must hold fast to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them first be tested. Then, if prove themselves blameless, let them serve as deacons. Women's, women, likewise, must be serious, not slanderers, but temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be married only once, and let them manage their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and a great boldness in the faith that is in Jesus Christ. Acts 6, verses 1 through 6. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before them, the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. As you probably figured out by now, I love words. I mean, preachers had better love words. Language is to us what a box of tools is to a carpenter, what a baseball glove is to a shortstop. I make my living in part because I love words, and I believe in their importance and their power. Mark Twain once said, the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. Well, each week I sit in my office in anguish at my computer screen trying to find the word that's lightning because words matter. In Genesis, God does not stir up a potion in creation. God speaks and things happen. God, words have the power to create, to hurt, to heal, to transform. Words have real power. But still, I also recognize that words have limits. And sometimes when we need to reach higher, just a little bit higher than our language can go, we reach for symbols. Have you ever been to a funeral of a veteran and watched uh, that presentation of the American flag to a widow. 
It is one of the most moving things. It is long. It's moving. It's deliberate. It's silent. Until the soldier takes one knee in front of the widow, hands over the folded flag and says, on behalf of the President of the United States. It's a symbol. It reaches higher than language can go. The baseball record that everybody thought would never be broken was Lou Gehrig's 2,130 consecutive games. The unbreakable record. But on September 6, 1995, Cal Ripken Jr. broke it. And what followed was a sustained 20-minute ovation. It might be the longest in all of sports history. Fans from both cities on their feet Players from both the Orioles and the Angels came onto the field clapping in a sustained way. It was a symbol of their respect. And then later, our city's Henry Aaron presented Cal Ripken Jr. with Aaron's own Atlanta Braves jersey. It was a wordless symbol of his esteem for this remarkable accomplishment. When words fall short, we reach for symbols. Each January, when we ordain deacons, my sermon is short. <laughs> You're not supposed to say, thanks be to God. I appreciate that. <laughs> in the... And it's basically the same sermon. It's a simple overview of the biblical precedent for the tradition. But then we get to move to the symbol. We lay hands and we confer centuries of tradition and blessing because the symbol we do in here reaches higher than the words. <laughs> but I am a preacher. I am going to say some words. Y'all do that, right? I want to say something about the institution of deacon ministry. The early church had a problem. The, the church demands were growing beyond the resources of the 12 apostles that were chosen by Jesus. And things started falling through the cracks, getting neglected. For instance, the widows didn't have enough to eat. But the apostles had gotten spread pretty thin. So they called a meeting. That's what churches do, right? You call a meeting. The community decided that they wanted the 12 apostles to stay doing the core aspects of their calling. The original 12 were doing the apostolic work, but they were at risk of losing focus by all of the legitimate increased demands of the system. So in this meeting, they came up with an inspired answer to the problem. The 12 apostles would continue to do apostle things, preaching and baptizing and adding new believers. But they would elect a new group, a new group of leaders who would lead out in the congregational care. They needed a group of workers who would quietly and lovingly check on the widows, distribute the food, lead the church's ministry of caring. But this was too important for a show of hands. I mean, they weren't just going to put it in the church bulletin and say, if y'all are interested in doing this, Meet me in the foyer. We need a group. The work was too important. 
And these deacons, they called them, which translates servants, these servants would represent the church. They'd represent the cause of Christ. They would model for other believers what day-to-day discipleship and abundant living looks like. So, the disciples went into a back room and they prayed and deliberated and crumbled up drafts of a job description and then they prayed some more and they finally landed on the qualifications to be a deacon in Christ's church. To be a person of good standing. To be filled with the Spirit. And to be full of wisdom. And when they sent out those qualifications, when they had determined that that's what they were looking for, they called out seven from the group. Seven in their company were seen to embody the attributes of character, the traits of service that would qualify them to care for the least and the lost without anybody feeling least or lost. The names of the seven chosen. Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmius, Nicholas. Familiar names to all of us, right? Come on. You've heard of two of them, maybe? Maybe. Maybe you've heard of Stephen and Philip. But that's just exactly the point. Most of these leaders that were chosen never have their names mentioned again in all of Scripture because they didn't sign up for the headlines. They signed up to serve. Diakonos, servant. So, Howell and Jane, the charge to you and these other deacon leaders is to model for us what that servant way looks like. The church's most effective deacons are the ones who are regularly occupied with who they can call, who they can bless, who they can serve, who they can care for today in the name of Christ and His church. And the spiritual leadership of this church has seen those attributes in you. And we're charging you to teach us how to love and how to serve And as a way of consecrating this holy and important decision, as a way of conferring blessing, they used symbol because it reaches higher than words. And the apostles laid their hands on the seven they chose. And this first century symbol has been passed down throughout all the generations of church leadership so that when we lay hands on new deacons. We are calling back through the era, through the tradition, to this very first rite, and we invoke a symbol that is more powerful than our words can reach. And so, Howell and Jane, I'm going to ask you to come and take a seat. And we're going to ask and invite all ordained clergy and deacons from any church or tradition. You do not need to be a clergy person or deacon 
not from this congregation. If you would all form a line along this side here and prepare to come across and extend this blessing on these two candidates to serve as deacon. The rest of you, I ask you during this holy time that you pray, that you would pray for Jane and for Howell, for the ministry they have given themselves to and to the church they love and have committed to serve. Would you come and lay hands all ordained? Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.